0: Alice in Brexitland by Leavis Carroll Read by Julian Tut, Chapter 9 The House of Cards Alice was woken by the sound of bow bells, cockney rhyming slang and people complaining about rent. She knew right away that she was in London. Alice looked out of her carriage window and beheld the Palace of Westminster, pulsating heart of Brexitland. Once they had reached its entrance, Alice was escorted inside by her two club guards. Just so you know, said the ace of clubs, we happen to think what they're doing to you is rotten. Then let me go, cried Alice. Sorry, said the ten of clubs, I can't afford to lose this job, I've got a pack of kids to feed. Soon they arrived at the House of Commons where Alice was very nearly thrown backwards by the appalling din. (coughs) Said half of the MPs, (coughs) replied the other. Order, order, cried the speaker, hammering a gavel against his head. The clubs removed Alice's handcuffs and showed her to her seat. From what she could tell, the MPs were debating Article 50, but they all spoke at the same time, so no one could hear anyone else. Alice saw the Caterpillar reading questions from the public to precisely no effect. Tweedle Boz had somehow come back to life and sat on the front bench with an enormous elastoplast covering his back. Tweedle Gove stood nearby, looking apologetic. The speaker rose and, with a tremendous cry of ORDER, was able to suppress the din. This behaviour, from some of our honourable friends, he said, is quite extraordinary. You were elected to represent the British people, not behave like a bunch of hooligans. As Alice wondered whether these things were mutually exclusive, the Speaker gestured to the opposition benches and shouted, Bob Common, MP for Grimpton North. A card in his sixties stood up. He had a flat cap, a whippet, and traces of coal on his kindly face. Mr Speaker, he said. Like many MPs, I find myself in a geek-tough spot. Grimpton voted to leave by 92%. Now, I want to listen to the voices of my constituents. But now that I've seen, leads us to believe that Brexit would make their lives any better. So for that reason, I call upon my fellow Labour MPs to vote against... Suddenly... The Caterpillar leapt to his feet. Alice had never seen him so animated. You shut your mouth, he shrieked. I have imposed a three-line whip, which means if you defy me, you shall be whipped by three men in a line. Now, can we please behave like an opposition and agree to everything the government says? The old MP sat back down, looking sad and confused. Next, the Speaker bellowed, Right Honourable, Sir Julian Bigfop, MP for Little Frothingham on the Wald. A card stood up who looked as though he was born with an entire silver spoon factory in his mouth. He had floppy hair, a tweed three-piece suit, and, for some reason, wore a monocle in each eye. Mr Speaker, he said, As the House knows, I have been ardently pro-Brexit throughout this debate. It was my belief that our country needed change. However, I should be remiss were I not to acknowledge that there are those who fear said change. Decent folks whose minds have been warped by the Naysayers and the Ramones. I hope that I may set their minds at ease with the following very clear explanation of how Brexit will work. A Brexit is a numptuous thing, its hubbish boons are clear, No fandan's heart will fail to sing once glamsome Brexits here. We'll have so much more limberlick and plap plap in our zits. No longer shall we joam and jick at nugglers on our streets, the British art with vixful meb, his silm lit up with ye, and pockets full of grunts and pebs will cry Tomo to me. So raise a glass of sloppy wame and stuff your face with merle. Let Brexit be your firstborn's name, Brextina for a girl. And clet not if you think my words sound quiggly and be mimed. Have faith in Britain, not the nerds who say we're gurking splined. Don't frummelgate your poor brain so. There is no cause to flex it. The only thing you need to know is Brexit does mean Brexit. With that, the card fell poshly to his seat and the surrounding MPs let out a... (coughs) that shattered glass and loosened bowels. Alice gazed at them in horror. Are these fools really to decide our future? she said. They spend most of their time mooing like cattle and when they do talk, it's absolute nonsense. Just then the Queen of Heartlessness silenced the room with a deafening, Off with their heads! Drawing herself to her full, regal height, she approached the dispatch box. The general public have spoken, said the Queen, and they have spoken clearly. No matter what some fancy mathematicians might say, we all know that 52% is basically the same as 100 The fact of the matter is, the people want Brexit, and they want it hard. For that reason, I have commissioned the world's largest catapult, one big enough to hold the entire nation. I call this device Article 50. When I trigger Article 50, Britain will be thrown into space and fly straight into the sun. Only then shall we be truly independent. A majority of MPs cheered and applauded, for they agreed that this was a tremendous idea. The ones who disagreed kept quiet, in case anyone accused them of being out of touch. As for Alice, she could no longer hold her tongue. She raced to the middle of the chamber and climbed up on the dispatch box. All eyes were on her, but Alice felt no trepidation, for she knew what she needed to say. Are you all mad? she cried, then rounded on the Caterpillar. You! You claim to oppose Brexit, and now you're telling MPs to vote for it in its most destructive form. Hmm, yes, said the Caterpillar. I am pretty rubbish. And you, said Alice, turning to the Queen, how can you say the public made a clear decision? All they had to go on was a series of grotesque creatures telling them riddles and lies. The Queen would have made her usual response had Alice not immediately moved on to Tweedleboss. What is wrong with you? said Alice. This is about people's lives, for God's sake. You can't just play games like you're in the debating society. <clears throat> Jumbly wumbly, said Tweedleboss which wasn't even a phrase. And you can't just go making stuff up, said Alice. I can think of, oh, I don't know, 350 million reasons why not. Tweedlegove rose to his feet. You're right, he said. I shall go off into the woods to sit on a log and think about what I've done. Once he was gone, Alice took a deep breath and began her closing statement. Look. She said. Politicians lie. I may be seven years old, but I'm well aware of that. They lie, and they're not always wicked for doing so. We live in an incredibly complex world, and there can be good reasons to lie. The right lie, in the right circumstances, can save someone's feelings or even their life. And so we swerve, we finesse, we give partial answers, whether we're the Prime Minister or a schoolgirl. That's just how the world works. But, ladies and gentlemen, there is a difference between massaging the truth and murdering it. When we abandon the idea that there are basic facts that unite us all, we lose the ability to connect with anyone. Pausing a moment, Alice wondered if she'd been changed once more, for her vocabulary seemed greatly enhanced. Perhaps you will say the truth does not matter, she continued that it's merely the relic of a bygone age, as defunct as phrenology or the penny-farthing. However, in taking such a view, you condemn us all to chaos. For when we throw away the truth, we create a vacuum, a vacuum that is soon filled by the worst aspects of humanity, our fears, our superstitions, our darkest and most primal instincts. So go ahead, vote for this mad legislation. Tell yourself you're respecting the will of the people or that it's not worth the pain of opposing, or that we'll be able to sign some cushy deal with President Egg. But as you vote, do so in the knowledge that you are walking our country off a cliff and revealing yourselves to be nothing but a pack of spineless frauds. The MPs had been listening quietly up till then, but this was a bridge too far. Alice had questioned their integrity and the outrage was felt across party lines. Rising as one, they unleashed an ear-splitting cry of... In the face of this heckle, Alice became angrier and angrier, until once again she felt herself beginning to grow. She quickly shot up to the size of an elephant, and MPs scattered in every direction to avoid her expanding feet. This time, Alice was so furious that she not only filled the room, but kept on going, and her limbs tore through the building as though it were a doll's house. Alice did not stop growing until she towered over London, some 6,000 feet tall. Birds flew around her fingertips, and clouds left dewdrops in her hair. Alice could now see the whole of Brexit land spread below, and she thought of all the people down there who would have to endure their leader's madness. It seemed a shame to Alice, for while Brexit land had its flaws, all too many, in fact, she could not help but be fond of the place. At any rate, she did not feel it deserved to be hurled into the sun. Far below, Alice could just about hear the Queen cry. Higher, the catapult! And, with a great yell, she felt herself flung up, up, up into the sky. Chapter 10 It Was All a Dream Alice awoke with a yell. Darling, what's the matter? said her sister. The catapult, said Alice. They've thrown us into the sun. So much for democracy. Catapult? said Alice's sister. Thrown into the sun? I fear you've been in the sun for too long. I was at the Houses of Parliament, said Alice, bleary eyed. Where am I now? My dear Alice, said her sister, you and I are where we've been for the past few hours, sat here on the river bank. Why, what a long slumber you've had. Alice looked around. All was as it had been, pleasant, green and tranquil. An evening sun glowed through the trees and gilded the lazy river. So there was no white rabbit, said Alice. No drunken tea party and no Tweedle Brothers. No socialist caterpillar, no heartless queen, no hateful egg. Her sister let out a tinkling laugh. No, you silly thing, she said. None of those creatures were here. And, said Alice, We haven't voted to leave the EU. Leave? said her sister. Of course not. Look, the news came through while you were asleep. Alice's sister held up her Samsung, with its browser open on the BBC homepage. A huge headline declared, No to Brexit. Remain prevails with 99%. And thank goodness for that, said Alice's sister, for the alternative would have been mental. Oh. Said Alice. I can't tell you how pleased I am. I was starting to think the world had descended into chaos. Not a bit of it, said her sister. In fact, the leaders of every EU nation are currently on their way to America to attend a peace and prosperity conference hosted by President Clinton. My, that woman is an inspiration. Also, you know all of your favorite celebrities? Yes, said Alice. Well, not one of them has died, not Prince, not Alan Rickman, and certainly not David Bowie. Oh, thank goodness, said Alice, for had we lost the thin white duke, I should have been beside myself. The more Alice thought back on her adventures, the more relieved she was to have woken up. She saw now that she had been wrong to wish away facts and figures, for one should never make a decision solely with one's gut. That road led to Brexitland, and while it was certainly an interesting place to visit, to live there permanently would be a nightmare. Deep down, thought Alice, I should rather exist in a world that's a bit boring than one with no rules whatsoever. Just then, something occurred to Alice, and she turned back to her sister. May I read your book, said Alice, the one about the EU? At first I thought it looked horribly dull, for it had no pictures or conversations. But now I realise I should like to understand the subject. I'm not going to lie, said Alice's sister. It is very dull, but of course you may read it. Now, she said, rising to her feet, let's go and have some supper. Alice took her sister's hand and set off home, towards a child life of political stability and happy summer days. However, as they walked away, she noticed a dark shape on the bough of a nearby tree. It was the Cheshire Cat, smiling down at her. You, me, and political correctness, he said. We've all gone mad. How can this be? cried Alice. Was I dreaming then, or am I dreaming now? Am I in a sane world dreaming of madness, or a mad world dreaming of sanity? Which do you think it was? A Post-Truth Poem Scrolling through my Twitter page, seeking vivifying rage, how I struggle to engage. Turning on the BBC, feels like taking LSD, breaking news is breaking me. Impotently I despise hollow fools with hollow eyes, bludgeoning the world with lies. Give my brain a stomach pump, nowt to like and lots to lump in the age of Donald Trump. Nonetheless, we can resist. Though the liars tweet and twist, light still penetrates the mist. Not all illnesses have cures, but in spite of orange boars, Life's great symphony endures And its melancholy theme Notes of laughter shall redeem Life is more than just a dream. That was Alice in Brexitland by Levis Carroll, read by Julian Rhind-Tutt. We hope you enjoyed these chapters from Alice in Brexitland, taken from the best-selling book by Levis Carroll. Out now in all good bookshops.